Thanks for tuning in to Generation Orange Audio Podcast Edition. This is our fourth season doing the vlogcast and our second doing the podcast version. If you didn't know, our vlogcast airs live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash generationorange every Wednesday from 7.30pm to 9pm Central. If you can't catch our live show, we get it and we understand. We upload our recordings to YouTube and you can search YouTube for Generation Orange to find our previous shows there. And if you only have time to listen, say on your drive to work while driving your kids to school, or even on your way to or from the latest Dynamo or Dash match, Hold It Down H-Town, you can catch our audio-only edition on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube Music, among other podcast platforms. Real quick before we shift over to the show, can you do us a huge favor and wait a few extra seconds for the ad? It helps out the show and creates opportunities for us to grow. Thanks for tuning in. Now on to the ad, and then right after that, the episode. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of, La, of Generation Orange. I'm your host, Mark Segovia, alongside my co-host, Sean Ringles. What's up, Sean? Oh, you know, another day in paradise over here. How about you? It's going good, man. It's going good, man. You know, a lot of people, you know, on, on, on the chat prior to us uh, getting on right now, you know, really excited, have a lot of excitement in there. I can feel the excitement after, you know, typing on their keyboards or texting on through, through their Twitch chat, whatever. I can feel the excitement through the keyboard. That's what I, what I, what I want to say. Um, a lot of, a lot of good things, man. Dynamo one first win of the season, uh, Cantero brace, um, new signing, a lot of good things happening for the Dynamo right now at this, at this week, you know, and then obviously we got a, we got our first seven, one, three night coming up this Saturday night against, uh, Colorado Rapids. So, you know, we're expecting a, a, a decent crowd over there, especially, you know, coming after a win and, you know, things like that. So, um, but before we get on to all that, Sean, how you doing, man? Every, everything's good with you as far as, you know, work and all that stuff? <laughs> I got to remember to click that other mute button. We got three active responses right now at work, so... Uh, it is, uh, it's kind of crazy right now. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I literally was working last night at eight 30 and today was still working at about six o'clock. So it, amazing. I made it, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> my, my brain is, uh, my brain is pretty mushy. So we'll see how this goes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's good to have business. Don't get me wrong. It's good to be needed and wanted, but, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to like two to three weeks from now when things start to pay- peter back off and slow down. That's what I'm looking forward to. No, yeah, man. I mean, you know, obviously, Sean, you know, we not not just myself, but I know everybody on the chat really appreciates the dedication you have, you know, to this. Obviously, you know, Generation Orange was done way before I got here, you know, and it's in it's in a it's been doing really well. And, you know, you're always available to do this and and things of that nature, you know. So we really appreciate the fact that, you know, even though sometimes you're tired and, you know, got a lot of stuff going on, you take the time out to do it and join us up on the Wednesdays, man. But, you know, with that being said, guys, man. The Dynamo won. The Dynamo won, and not, and and it wasn't just a you know just a a, a simple little win one zero whatever it is two one win against uh, Vancouver Whitecaps like we said um, bangers 
I think uh, a, a potential MLS goal of the week. Uh, we know Darren Cantero made the MLS team of the week. Um, you know, just a, a lot of good things going on, like I said. Um, but, you know, guys, obviously, you know, there's a lot of things going on, you know, as far as, you know, with the Dynamo and stuff like that. I just want to recap a little bit from the from, from the Whitecaps game a little bit, you know, and go position by position. Obviously, you know, last week we had a poll question of the, of the day and we asked about the midfield, you know, if the midfield needed to change. And a lot of y'all obviously agreed that the midfield needed to change. And guess what? They listened to us. They listened to us, guys. And and go and go and go, you know, and go ahead with with all that offense that was uh, that was uh, that was available that game, you know, with Darwin and Coco starting over Memo and and Seren. Um, a lot of offense, a lot of you know, a lot of attacking football, a lot of motivate, a lot of they were motivated. I think that game, though, you can see the the players just having fun, especially Darwin, especially Quintero. He he looked like he was he was a young man out there just having fun playing, you know, like he used to back in the days in his backyard or whatever. Um, but with that being said, you know. A lot of people have the question of whether, you know, how high, does Darwin continue starting? You know, how many minutes does he play? You know, this and that. I know I replied to somebody on Twitter, and I forget who I who I replied to. I might have been uh, Dynamo Fan TV who joined us last week as a guest, and we'll have another guest this week as well. We'll, we'll let you know later on who it is. Um, but with that being said, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, Darwin's thirty four years old, but. With this, with this, with this new age and this new, you know, technology and how players recover quicker and, and things like that, players are lasting longer. You know, even, even the ones who are running around, you know, doing most of the work and, and all that stuff. I know before, you know, the, the stigma was, you know, once a player gets uh, mid to mid thirties and obviously on the on the wrong side of thirty, um, it's the stigma, the stigma or the stereotype was that they're they're washed up already. You know, they're ready for their career to go downhill and. And like I said, it might be one game, but man, Darwin Quintero did not look like he was he was on a down, on a downhill uh, trend. Sean, what what are your thoughts about Quintero's uh, performance this past Saturday? You know, it's funny because I, I genuinely kept saying I want Darwin Quintero to be kind of that super sub for the season, but after watching him last week, I, I can definitely see where having him starting a match, and and again, I, I think to your point to some extent, yeah. Players are lasting longer, but I also think there's a huge difference lasting longer, um, you know, for a guy like a Ronaldo or, um, you know, even to some extent, Lionel Messi. These guys keep themselves in absolute peak physical condition, um, you know, forever, <laughs> you know, more or less. Um, you know, but even if you look at like Minor Figueroa, that's a guy from from the, you know, the Caribbean, you know, Honduras and uh, Central America. Sorry, not Caribbean, Central America. Um <laughs> You know, and and he's still out there playing. Uh, you know, he was getting a look by uh, Inter Miami. So, um, you know, I, I agree with you that that I think Darwin Quintero at this point in the season definitely should be starting. Um, but I also think there is something to be said for being able to bring a player off the bench in the 60th, 65th minute, knowing that you only have to have Quintero give you that 60 to 65 minutes. Uh, and not a full, you know, 75 to 80 or even 90 minutes um, about that. So that definitely, I think, helps for sure. Yeah, man. And, you know, and obviously, you know, Cantero had a fantastic game. And, you know, and obviously all praises to him being you know, obviously being a part of the MLS team of the week and being uh, up for MLS goal of the week. But let's not forget the other midfielder who got who came on, you know, every place of uh, Darwin Seren, uh, Coco Carasquilla. 
Um, his performance, even though, you know, you won't see he, his, his performance on a stat sheet, obviously even there's no goals, there's no assists, but I think the fact that he was able to penetrate the defense and keep the go and keep the ball movement up forward and, and be able to transition from defense into offense is what helped a player like Darwin, you know, be able to get open, be able to catch that ball on the rebound, be able to go up there and, and supply the passes needed to, to Sebas and to Baird and to, uh, and to Fafa as well. So, I mean, it's, it's great to see a little bit of a connection between the midfield and the front three because, obviously, the first two games we saw very minimal of that. So, you know, shout-out to Coco Kutuski as well. You know, he had a great game, great game. Any thoughts on him? Man, that's a, that's a Coco that I want to see more of and more consistently. Uh, I mean, Coco was uh, – the assist that he had – uh, that, you know, or the second assist, I guess, because technically Baird got it and then passed it off to Darwin. Uh, but that ball uh, to get it up to Baird was just, it was crisp. It was clean. It was perfect. Uh, and I need to see more of that because that's the one thing that, uh, and I kept saying it, that's the one thing that we're missing to unlock our offense is that player <clears throat> that can make those switches of play out wide to the other side and do it with a ball that is driven, not a ball that is floated like what Memo likes to do, which is float. Uh, the ball over there. He drove it over there and gave Baird the perfect opportunity to pass it off to Quintero for an easy tap in. It was a beautiful goal. Oh yeah, for sure, man. You know, and even though I think uh Corey Bird got 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 um got the credit for the assist on Darwin's first goal, um I I, I, I want to say that he he's probably my weakest my the weakest player on that on that on that pitch for that day. Um do you agree or do you have somebody else you want to nominate? as far as the weakest player. I think that's probably fair to be honest with you. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you, you know, obviously, you know, you know, a wins and a wins a win, especially, you know, for, for us dynamo fans where they've no, come no, to no, you know, I can't give it to bird this game. I can't weakest player okay. on the pitch for me this week was Sebas. He had a open opportunity at goal effectively, and he just scuffed it horribly. And I just, you know, there were a couple of times where he had opportunities at goal and just couldn't find it. Uh, you know, one he kind of shot right at the goalkeeper, <laughs> then one that went wide. Uh, that was frustrating, man. It was really frustrating. To no, watch. I, I understand that, and and maybe and maybe I would have chose Sebas too, but I think the reason why I didn't I didn't is because this is the first game where he actually got he's actually been involved and got involved with his midfield and got passes. So maybe he's kind of a little bit off the beat right now, especially you know because. He only got two touches in the first two games, and he literally almost tripled or quadrupled that in one and this this past Saturday. So, you know, um, but yeah, it's just you know, for me, you know, obviously we want to we want to applaud the whole team for the win, and you know, and all that stuff. But obviously, the Dynamo in front office with Pat and, and Ash and them and those guys up there are still doing work to try to make the team a lot better because there's still points in our on our team that are still a little fairly weak and things like that and obviously with the signing that they made today yesterday or today uh which we'll talk bases on here in a bit you know they kind of they kind of noticed that you know the winger the winger position is kind of light and um and we'll see what happens with that but um just i mean i don't know especially from the game from what i saw from him against skc where he was like non-existent and then obviously this game you know he did he did get the assist but uh, aside from that, I didn't really see much from Barrett, especially this is a player that they invest a lot of gam into. 
to bring him over from LAFC. And unfortunately for him, obviously he had the, the big injury last season where he didn't really play. I think he didn't play like two or three games for us last season. So he still might be, he still might be coming back from that. So, you know, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but you know, obviously the Dynamo have, have an objective for the season and they, they can't, they, they can't give too much benefit of doubt to these players because they want to make a stamp this season that I, I, I see that front office. I see Ted, Pat, Asher, they want to make sure that the dynamo team is in a position to be competitive and make a run for a playoff spot. You know um, I know as a dynamo fan supporter and you too, Sean, I mean, it's something that we've been wanting for the last, you know, since 2017, obviously. Right. And um, it's been and, and crazy. You blink your eye and it's been five years already. So thoughts. Yeah. Uh, no, not really. Not, not on that particular topic. I really don't like, I think you kind of said it all on that one. Yeah. So, you know, so let, let's, 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 let's talk about the the signing that we got in, man. I mean, obviously somebody that, that, um, that a lot of people have heard of a lot of rumors around and swirling around with the dynamo and we finally got it done. But before we get to that, let's get to the poll question of the day, if you don't mind, Sean. And, uh, obviously that was per sources, you know, uh, young Brazilian player, Dinguinho has signed on with the Dynamo on a loan, but you know with a reported one point five million dollar fee to purchase to buy if he if the Dynamo decide to pick up the option. What are your expectations for the former Flamingo player? And the choices were Dynamo Dos mainly first team sub, eventual starter this year, or Mateo Bahamich part two. Uh, and the results of this of, of this uh, poll question thing were actually our, our, our I think our tightest of the season up to up to this point. And with thirty-five uh, percent of the votes, eventual start of the season, and um, Dynados mainly is the la- it comes in last place. Sean, your thoughts on it? What do you what what do you think he'll end up being for us for us this season? Yeah, I actually voted in the poll, uh, and I will tell you that my selection there was, uh, you know, basically a sub. Uh, you know, a, a sub, uh, sub guy, backup guy, depth guy. I kind of mentioned that also on the Gen Orange count. Uh, you know, to me, he looks like a guy who, um, you know, comes in with, with plenty of promise, plenty of potential, but he's also a guy that needs to get acclimated to MLS. You kind of called that out a little bit yourself. He needs to get acclimated to his teammates. Um, so I don't project him to be a player that comes in and immediately supplants Bird or uh, definitely not supplanting Fafa at this point, but. Um, I project that he's going to be a player that's going to need a little bit of time uh, just to get kind of situated and acclimated. And then from there, who knows? But, um, you know, the talent is there. He's just got to put a few things together. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I said, I said in the, in one of the, in one of the comments on here, and I'll give shout out to Roberto Romero, who, who asked the question uh, or who replied. And I told him, you know, well, you know, Corey Bird isn't lining it up and Pasher is kind of injury prone. So depending on what Pasher is, obviously, Fafa, I think, is cemented as a starter. But, you know, and depending on how quickly he can adapt to the league and adapt to the culture, the culture change and adapt to his teammates will probably prove whether, you know, how, how soon Pablo gives this kid an opportunity because, you know, I don't think the Dynamo are in a position to just sign players to sign players. It's just, just to sign them for, you know, just for whatever reason, you know, the Dynamo are looking to players who are going to come in and help this season because this season is to be a season where we're not at the bottom of the standings. And, um, and I, and I think this is kids going to have every opportunity given to them to, to be able to do that. Now, will he be our starter here and here out? I mean, if he, if he is, that means he's doing a great job. So I'm hoping he does, 
but you know, but I can, but I can see where he might be, you know, one of the first guys off the bench, you know, until he gets, you know, more experience or he picks up the speed of the game here in MLS. Um, but like I said, you know, he doesn't have anybody in front of him that is going to really take, not, not, not allow him to get that opportunity unless Corey Burgess starts lining it up or unless Tyler Pasha comes in and we see the Pasher that we saw the first six, seven games from last season and then not get injured. Uh, so, I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be interesting. And I'm really interested to see what this player brings. Uh, I think there was a lot of hype around him as a young player when Flamingo first signed him from, uh, I don't remember the, the Brazilian team that they signed him from, but, you know, but obviously Flamingo is one of the top South American clubs in the world uh, in South America and not just in Brazil, you know, competing for Copa Libertadores and competing, you know, club world cups and stuff like that as well, you know, and that team is stacked. So there's an, there's a reason why a player like that is, is available to us. So hopefully, you know, we take advantage of that. He he's able to find that skill level and that reasoning for what reason why Flamingo signed him in the first place. Yeah. Julio says, uh, it was nautical. Wait, says, oh, not the not the Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I, for some reason, I was, I was, I was like, I knew, I, I, I felt, I thought, I, I remember to combine it with something. I think it combined it with Nautica, the the brand, but I couldn't remember it at the moment. I was like, I know it's a clothing brand, but I can't remember which one it was. But um, yeah, man. Um, so, what are your thoughts about everybody? You know, there's there's a, there's a, there's, a, there's a part of a bit of people thinking that he's gonna be Bahamut 2.0. You know, and and the thing is, you know, with you know, and I kind of felt bad putting that. I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, I think Sean and a lot of people know my stance on Mateo Bahamich. You know, I, I even though technically he was a bust and a failure because, you know, he wasn't given any time. And then, you know, obviously the coach that was here prior and Tad Ramos, you know, wasn't giving him any opportunity and kept putting the same players and getting the same results. And that's the reason why he's not the coach of Dynamo anymore. Um, but... <clears throat> You know, what do you think, Sean? I mean, um, as far as that Bahamish 2.0 kind of stigma, maybe tagged to him at this early point of him being signed like this. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think there's every possibility that could happen, but I think we also have to remember that the advantage to this type of move is if the if the player is a Bahamish, it doesn't hurt you. You know, you're out six months with the player at most. Like, he's a loan with an option to buy, loan for the rest of the season with an option to buy is what's what's projected out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, to be what was agreed to. And it was 1.5 million option to buy. So if he is a Bahamas 2.0, I mean, it's not a huge deal. I know that people think because uh, Pat kept saying that, you know, we have more signings to come. Um, you know, it, it's a, it's a thing that they're anticipating this kid being the next whatever. But the fact is they're not necessarily anticipating that. Otherwise they'd probably pay more for him. But even though they didn't pay more for him again, he does have the potential. He has the talent and the capability. There's no doubt about that. But having basically spent nothing to get him on a free on a loan uh, for the rest of this season and having the option to buy at only one and a half million. I mean, you know, maybe the kid comes in and in, in he doesn't score any goals, but he creates three or four assists. And, you know, in the next 20 some odd matches that he gets to play in. Hey, I'm fine with that. You know, that's a, that's a decent signing, you know, for MLS. And and so, yeah. So if I take a look at it, I, I say this is the type of signing that I hope we see a little bit more of just from the aspect of I like these low-risk, high-reward-potential-type moves that don't really have high risk to them because your salary budget provides opportunities if you do it right for this kind of thing. The most expensive part of this guy right now is not his contract. It's the international slot we're using on him, um, You know, if we're being realistic. I mean, that's a $250,000 you know, GAM thing right now. Uh, you know, Teams are trading 250000 in GAM for an international slot right now, so... 
Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see, but, uh, but, you know, at the same time, I think we have to remember this is also a different regime. Look, Pat and, and Paolo and Asher are doing a bang up job. Ted has been willing to put the money in. They've got a real scouting department now. It's no longer just Matt, uh, Jordan looking at transfer market and, and football manager and FIFA and, and going, Oh, that player looks like he's going to be great. Cause he's got a wonderful left foot, but nothing else. Um, so, you know, I, I just, I come back to this point, but you know, it's a low risk move and you have to do those in our position as a club where we don't yet have the youth players coming up that are quite ready to contribute. You've got to go out there and you've got to go for a few, you know, low, uh, low, low risk, high value players. Yeah. And I agree completely. I mean, like I said, you know, obviously he's going to fill a U 22 spot as well. Um, you know, so yeah, that's, I guess that's the most expensive part about it. The fact that he fills up one of those spots. And then, like I said, uh, he will be taking up an international spot. No, inter- be- So, uh, let me, let me correct that a U 22 in, uh, initiative slot, the budget for that, or the sat, like the salary hit for that is 150,000 over the entire year, or maybe it's 200,000 as the max. So yeah. he's not like, you know, it sounds like a lot. Cause we think of DPs as being this huge number. When in reality, that's even less than, like I said, the most expensive part of this player right now is not his contract. It's his, it's his international slot that he's taking up. So it's not, you know, it's not going to be, I I don't think it's one of those things that we can look at those U22 players and immediately assume that, you know, if they bust out, that was the worst move we could have made. I, I, you know, a lot of them, I think ultimately are going to be kind of hit or miss because you're going to go after these younger players that have high potential, but maybe still need to work out some things. And you're hoping that you can help them work through them. You're going to miss on some of those. That's just how it is in soccer. No, for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, but you know, obviously as a Dino fan, as a supporter, I hope that he comes in with guns blazing and, you know, obviously having Paulo speak Portuguese and then having another Brazilian in Seca should make it a little bit, um, uh, easier as far as the the transition from brazil to america and and Um, i will note that may play have played a little bit in why they went tiaguinho instead of say a different player at that position right now because of that potential connection that he can form and that partnership he can form along that right side with him and seca and that may have also been another reason to bring seca in if they knew that they were going to land this deal or had a fairly good feeling that they were going to be able to get this over the line and Seca was in a position where if we if we can do that, that creates a player, you know, creates an opportunity for this player to a adapt a little bit easier because now you have somebody who speaks the language, somebody who understands the culture differences, somebody who can help you transition through that process a little bit easier. Somebody who's also a veteran soccer player of a number of years who can help you understand the game better. Uh, I just think there's a lot of pluses that we can offer because of that second move. And, and that ha- just has advantages that just ripple throughout the team by doing something like that. And we would have never seen that under trash Jordan. <laughs> no, no, for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, yeah, man. I mean, so, well, I mean, like I said, we're looking, we're looking forward to seeing the kid play and hopefully he, he, he comes in with the ball rolling and, and show, it shows a little bit of that Jogo Bonito here in, in Houston and H town. So we'll see what happens. Um, but guys, you know, a lot, I know a lot of questions about, you know, uh, the team and who's going to line up this 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 Saturday against Colorado's will teenage finally start will 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 Seca finally start it right back over Griffin Dorsey um, and things like that. Uh, Sean, do you think any of those two guys get get uh, get get the get starting nod this week this Saturday over uh, Daniel Stairs and uh, uh, Griffin Dorsey? Uh, teenage got his first sub minute, so I think that uh, he's probably going to be a, a a potential sub again. It's hard uh-huh. to say, you know, not being out at practice with these guys, not being out at practice and getting to talk to Paolo. 
Um, you know, it's difficult, but uh, I think if, if Paolo genuinely believes that teenage is ready, then he will start him. I think he understands that in his opinion, I think <laughs> even at this point, teenage is a better option than Daniel Starez. He just knows that Daniel Starez right now is, is, you know, is the more full 90 ready player. Yeah, I mean, and shout out to Daniel Starris. I mean, you know, obviously he's an MLS veteran who came from the Galaxy and and understands the league, and he understands, you know, that, you know, given the opportunity he's been given right now, you know, take the bull by the horns and, you know, and make that make it hard for teenagers to get a starting spot back. When I think, and I think he's done a, a fairly good job, a very solid job, honestly, back there with, uh, with Tim Parker, only giving up two goals. Uh, yeah, two goals in uh, three games. So that's a very, that's a very strong, strong starting starting point for those two guys. Um, but the right back, the right back position has always been the quest, big question because, you know, obviously we had Valentin and obviously Paulo moved Griffin Dorsey over there to give a little bit more speed and a little bit more of an attacking influence uh, to that position. And now we obviously we signed Seca. Uh, do you think Seca gets his first start as a Dynamo? I player? don't. I think he's kind of in the same, same position as a teenage in terms of, you know, match fitness readiness and that kind of thing. Uh, I think we see another probable uh, substitution option opportunity here in this match uh, against Colorado, you know, maybe 60, 65th minute, kind of same, roughly the same. I think it was 70, 75th uh, last week, but um, 60, 65th minute, I think seems fair. Uh, and, you know, you're getting to bring these players on when the other, the opposition is a little bit tired. Uh, you know, they've been running against fresh legs and then you bring out fresh legs again. Um, you know, and, and so they're worn down a little bit and you give Seca the opportunity to play against tired legs on defense. That's, that's a, that's, that's a recipe for potential opportunities for sure. Yeah, for sure. George in the chat says the uh, DP center back on the bench makes me sick though. I mean, you know, um, it, it's an unfortunate thing, you know, with, with the MLS calendar and then obviously teenage representing Zimbabwe and, and the AFCON, uh, tournament of champions or whatever uh this past january so it kind of backtracked him a little bit as far as catching up with the with the, the squad and the players and building that chemistry to try to you know better improve themselves and like i said the dynamo have an objective this year this year where they don't want to they want to they want to start off the season guns blazing you know they don't want to drop points they don't want to have a mediocre me- mediocre uh performances they don't want to have moral wins no they need points they want wins so that so by the time you know Ache Ache and whoever else uh, comes in through the summer, you know, can help hopefully, hopefully propel the team into a playoff spot. Um, you know, I think teenage will get his opportunity to obviously, you know, if you spend that much money on a player like that, especially if you have him on the DP label, he's obviously uh, a player who should be first, first off on, on the team. One of the first names ran on the team sheet, but, you know, obviously because of the off season that he had, you know, and with the good job that Daniel stairs is doing currently, you know, you're, you're kind of worried as a coach to be like, okay, look, it's not broken yet. Let me let me let me run with this for for a moment. But I know I have uh, an ace in, the, in my back pocket once I need it. Um, but yeah, man. Um, you know, obviously, you know, it's going to be an interesting matchup this you know this Saturday. You know, with with uh, with Colorado and all that stuff. Uh, but uh, before before we move along, you know, you know, Colorado themselves. You know, obviously, they're a team that a lot of people don't get don't really speak too much about. You know, they're kind of like RS, RSL that Mount, those Mountain West. Uh, clubs don't really get spoken about too much, too highly, right? Uh, Colorado Rapids, Rapids obviously coming back with uh, one of one of our old assistant coaches, Pablo Masseroni, um, as their head coach, who they hired and who was a fi- one of the well, one of the coaches that the Dynamo wanted to hire before they settled on Pablo. Um, what do you think about Colorado Rapids and what they bring to the table in this in this, this upcoming Saturday? 
I, ooh, Colorado to me now is in a very bad position because Abubakar had uh, had a knee injury that took him out for the season. And if you remember back last year when we played Colorado towards the end of the season, um, the biggest thing we struggled with, or the big, the player that we struggled the most against was actually Abubakar. Um, him getting forward and also his ability to defend, but mostly him getting forward. So you take a Bubakar out of that, out of that, you know, uh, out of that lineup, and it's a major difference when it comes to Colorado. The other thing is obviously they don't have a Costa anymore. That's a major, major change for them. Uh, I just think that Colorado at this point are a very beatable team, especially here at home for the Dynamo. Uh, and, and I kind of like our chances if we p- go out and play just like we did against Vancouver. Uh, I, I very much like our chances of taking taking three points away. You know, but you know, obviously, you know, uh, we know Costa got traded to LAOC and 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 Michael Michael Anthony K came back on the other side. And Michael Anthony K, I mean, he's he's no slouch. He's not a slouch of a player either. I mean, you know, he's a Canadian international doing really good things with with Canada and stuff like that. And he's kind of solidified that that midfield for Colorado as well. Um, you know, Michael Michael Barros is somebody else who we know obviously far too well with his time with FC Frisco. Uh, is another player who uh, who attacks the ball and can put the ball in the back of the net, you know. And obviously, they came off a very disappointing CCL opening game, you know, where they lost at home in this and that that record game of snowball, uh, where they just penalty after penalty after penalty after penalty, nobody scored, nobody would score a penalty, and um, and unfortunately for them, they came, they got the short end of the stick. Um, but you know. Like who just said it, said it in the chat. I mean, you know, for the next five games are at home and we need to take advantage of these home games, these early home games that we're getting because the, even though we're getting a lot of home games back to back to back, what does that mean? That means we get a lot of away games later on in the, later on in the calendar, which makes it tough because, you know, obviously we, we, we all know as Dynamo fans, road points are very hard to come to come by. So, you know, we need to make sure we, we protect home we're not just getting points, but we're winning the games and winning them, you know, very comfortably, um, you know, and I think that the Dynamo can really pull off a, a nice win over Colorado. I mean, especially, you know, with, with the, with the momentum that they have going, especially with, with the, with the play that they had last week, my question to you, do you think you get the same lineup again this, this, this week? I think we do. Uh, I very much think we do. Yeah, so I mean, you know, um, Darwin. Oh, well, you know, before we, we speak about Darwin, uh, one of the one I got to give a shout out to one of the players that I know does that really doesn't get too much praise on this show. Uh, Memo Rodriguez came on as a super sub, did a really good job for the last twenty five minutes of the game. Um, obviously, almost had almost had almost scored the third goal off off a free kick that hit off the post. Um, but I, you know, I've always said, you know, I think Memo's best opportunity to really shine for the dynamo is a super sub, you know, let, let Darwin play those first 60, 70 minutes of the game and then let Memo come in the last 20, 25 against tire legs. And I'm pretty sure he can, you know, he can, he can outrun a lot of people. He can score the ball. He can cross and dribble against tire legs. And he, he showed that he showed, he showed that. So, I mean, this might be a, a, a new role for, for memo that might might help him propel his dynamo career or continue or or make his dynamo career last longer. Uh, I know that you, Sean, obviously you had your heart set on Darwin Cantero being a super sub, but I think flipping it around the other way uh, up until we see what happens with the, with, with Hector Herrera uh, when he comes in, uh, I think is the best choice for the dynamo at this moment. Yeah, I think off the bench when it comes to a creative, creative 
player. Sorry, I realized my fingers weren't high enough. Uh, creative <laughs> player uh, for the Dynamo off the bench. I think right now he's that player. But you know, e- even Memo coming in, yes, he played a decent uh, a decent you know shift, um, and he had you know he had the one free kick opportunity. There were plenty of other opportunities where it was very clear that he was not on the same page with the rest of the players, and I don't get that when you've been with this team for as long as he has now with a lot of these same players for as long as he has over a season with some players and at least a season with most, and you still can't seem to figure out how to connect with them. That to me tells me that mentally you just don't have what it takes to be that permanent starter because a permanent starter is a player who's going to connect. He's going to find chemistry and he's going to, he's going to make it happen. Um, and, and, you know, yeah, the free kick was amazing, but really, if you take that free kick away outside of a couple of decent passes, really wasn't much else to talk about from memo. Um, and to be fair at that point, we were kind of more or less nursing a lead. So it was a little less of a, you know, less of a, of a frustration point, but it definitely still existed that we didn't create as many chances once, you know, once he came on as we had created before he came on. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, obviously you take a lot of pressure off of him to 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 be that creative player, especially when you're given a, a lead, when he comes in with the lead and hand, and you're basically kind of you're basically kind of uh, playing out the game to just to carry that lead or whatever. Um, but you know, I think, like I said, this might be the start of something new for, for something better for for Memo, and I hope it is. Like I said, uh, it's, it's one of those things where I. I mean, I, I, I like the guy. I mean, I have no, I have no ill will towards him, you know, and, you know, I hope he does really well with whatever role he does with, he does have with the dynamo, but obviously as a starter, we've seen that he's not, I don't want to say not capable, but he, he really didn't show anything. He, he, he had, he had no links. He had no, he had no, uh, no passes. He had no connection with the top, with the top, uh, with the top three players on top, you know? So it's, uh, um, so yeah, so I mean, you know, it's one of those things where uh it, it happens, it happens, right? But you know, but like I said, you know, one player might not be good for starting, the other player might might well be. Um so Sean, oh go ahead. We have we want to go, we actually wanted to go and um get some uh questions from the Twitter from from our Twitter space from our uh people who follow us on Twitter, you know, and again, thank you guys. Last week we hit, we hit, we hit over 800 followers on our generation orange account. So, you know, it was a round of applause to you guys for following us and, you know, and all this stuff, but uh, a couple of questions that came through, Sean, I don't know if you want to go by them, you know, and we'll see we're answering them. And then obviously, you know, you can answer it as well in the chat, you know, you guys. I, I don't have my Twitter up, but you can feel free to read them. Uh, <laughs> that's, why oh, I was, man, that's why I was cluing you, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm to, I had the Twitter on, but I so but I can remember. Always... I can remember the gist of the one from Dago, uh, which was uh, if you could. I, I believe it was if you had to get into a bar fight, which three Dynamo players would you want by your side? Was that it, Waco? You can you can let me know if that's not it. Um, uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure that's our Dago's not in here, is he? Dog is not in here, uh, yeah. which is more frustrating. Doggo, the fact that I'm, you know, we're using your question and you're not here. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, three three Dynamo players. Yeah, I, know, I realized that Waco after I said okay, it. Okay, I got it. I got it. Go ahead. So basically, you know, if if you're if you the, the gist of the question is if you got into a bar fight, which three players, including uh, Hector Herrera, would you want to have with you, you know, for that bar fight? You know, uh, Sean, I'll let you. I'll let, I'll let you answer first. 
Look, uh, Darwin Seren is my first because that look dude, dude looks like he would mug a fool if you're not careful. Uh, I think that uh, I would have to go uh, Tim Parker because he is just absolutely a wrecker. Uh, and then I'm going to go with, and actually it's really funny that George says Clark because I'm going to go with Steve Clark as well. I don't know if y'all saw the, the, the fit that he had on Saturday for the match, but, uh, if that dude is up in a bar fight, I feel like he can hold his own. You can't wear a cowboy hat and boots like that and that fit and not have at least a little something, you know, be packing a little something. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Uh, let me go over some of the guys are saying, you know, Julio in the chat says Parker, Seren, and Teenage. Uh, uh, Jake says Parker, Clark, Clark and Seren. Uh, Big George says same, same George. Uh, I guess the two Georges agree. And they have Parker, Clark, and Coco. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think for me would be Clark would, would be one of them for sure. Uh, Seren, because, you know, Salvadorans are, bro- are born with a machete alongside of them already so you know have a much at the ready for, for 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 anything that needs to be going down with or whatever so you have that ready um who would be my third guy hmm. Hmm. i got you jake we'll, we'll do that one right after this yeah for sure for sure um man i'm gonna say yeah, you know what? I'm, I'll go with Tim Parker. You know, he's supposed to be our anchor. You know, so I would hope he would be a tough guy outside, outside of the of the pitch. So you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. So I'll take those three. I'll take Seren, Clark, and uh, and Parker. I think that just for I think, I mean, uh, you see teenage on there. You see uh, Coco. Uh, so I mean, I think everybody pretty much has the same three or four players that they would take as far as the bar fight goes on. Um, one of the other questions before we get to the dash uh, question that Jake has on the, on the chat uh, is, do you think Sebas will score? Now, I don't know if he was asking the whole season or this upcoming oh, game. I hope he's not asking for the whole <laughs> season. That's rough. <laughs> so we're going to say this upcoming game and, 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 and then we'll go back. And we obviously got to go over our predictions and our bold predictions before we get to our guests for today. But, uh, but, uh, but yeah, Sean, do you think Sebas scores this, this game? No, I don't. This upcoming game. Not against Colorado. I don't. Not against Colorado. Um, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. You know what? I think, you know, it's funny because, you know, you know, you mentioned that, you know, you gave Sebas your, your worst player of the, of the game or whatever. And, uh, and shout out to, you know what, uh, to big Ben, our guy, you know, who gave out the man of the match to our Darwin Contero. I forgot to mention that earlier in the show. Um, but, um, but yeah, man, I, I think Sebas scores this game. I think, at some points, you know, the reason why he seemed kind of slow, kind of out of sync is I think he was pressuring himself too much. He's trying to get that first goal out the way, you know, and get that and just get that monkey off his back. Um, and I think that, you know, once he gets that in, that, that first goal in, I think it's, I think it's going to be liftoff after that. And I think he's going to go on a tear, but you know, but we'll see, we'll see. We just got to get that first one out the way. Um, but, um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I miss, I missed uh, Jake's question the here dash. on the chat. Which three dash, dash players would you take in a, in a bar fight? You want me to start, they, right? You want me to start? They, oh, go ahead, go ahead. All right. So I'm taking Maria Sanchez. I'm taking Rachel Daly. Cause I don't care who you are. You are uh, mm, Rachel. Mm. You know what? I'm not taking, I'm not taking Bombi. I'm not taking Maria Sanchez. I'm taking, I'm taking uh, Rachel Daly. Cause that girl will fight. No question. Annika Schmidt, because Holy crap. Uh, and then I think my third one would have to be uh, Chap- uh, Chapman because that girl is a Wolverine in a tiny little package. And I don't know if you know this, but short chicks, 
they will f your shit up horribly if you're not careful. So those are my three. I'm gonna take my girl daily because you know obviously you know she's English and she I'm pretty sure you know you go to an English pub and have a couple mugs try to strike the cross with your your head every once in a while. Um, I'm gonna say um, Jane Campbell. Uh, I think she just got stabbed like that, you know, where she's just gonna pound you and keep pounding you for for making the mistake of approaching them. Um, who would be my third? Who would be my third? Hmm. I want to say Bumby. She looks, she looks, she looks sweet. So I want to say her. Schmidt. You might have something with Schmidt. Um, but I'm, I don't want to. I don't want to have the same the same ones as you. But you know what? I'm gonna say I'm gonna go a little bit left field with this one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Shea Groom because you know she's you know that short girl. I think she'll bite some ankles. <laughs> no, that's totally fair. I, I think there's a number of dash players that I would take. You know, in, in a bar fight, honestly. Yeah, for sure. I think those girls are are down for whatever, whenever happens, especially if they're having a good time and somebody interrupts that. <laughs> But yeah, man, um, any other questions that you guys might have or Sean, any other questions that I might've missed that I didn't see off the Twitter? Cause those only two I saw on Twitter. So I think that's uh, the, I only, yeah, I think that's the only two I saw as well. Okay, cool, cool. So let's go back to this prediction. And obviously we talked about Santa scoring. Um, Sean, do you, do you have a prediction for this game before, you know, before we get to our guests and later on here and, um, and, you know, obviously our bold prediction and things like that. And what do you, what are you expecting out of this match? Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go 1-0. Uh, Dynamo. 1-0 Dynamo. Dynamo. Um, Who's supposed to go? Uh, Darwin Quintero. Oof, man, Darwin's on a hot streak. He's on a, then, huh? Hey, he's about to be in my fantasy lineup when I remember to go do it. Uh, <laughs> by the way, fantasy winner from last week. Thank you very much for the search. Um, that's right. Congrats. That's right. Uh but uh and by the way started darwin quintero in my league that's right started darwin quintero because i had faith um who scores the goal great question mark uh man i'm sitting here and well i told you darwin uh but yeah. the, the assist comes off a coco Karaskia beautiful through ball and darwin's just able to easily get it past the keeper that that's what i'm picturing in my head happens um that's nice um i'm Okay, I'll get to your question, Goated. I forgot. I totally forgot about that one, but thank you for reminding me. That's a good um, one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I came close to my prediction last week because I said 3-1 and ended up 2-1. This week, I'm going to say – I think the defense is going to – I think the defense was that clean sheet, so I'm going to say 2-0 uh, Dynamo. And I think it's going to be – like I said, I mentioned earlier, I think Savas gets his first goal, so I think Savas scores – and I want to say we get one of those uh, Matia Vera's blasts from outside the box for some reason. So for whatever reason, the ball falls on him and he just blasts it in. So I think uh, Sebas and Matia Vera score those two goals. Um, then, and uh, let's see, Jake here says to uh, Parker and Fafa with the goals. Um, Dynamo Ming says 2-1 loss, Quintero scores. So... Oh man, come on, memes! You know you're supposed to be, you know you're supposed to be the one with all the with all the good vibes and everything. With the, I'm, I'm, I want to see those those good winning memes out there on your page. Um, George said three one Dynamo. I'm looking, I'm trying to look. Uh, Evander said dos uno, and for the real men in orange. And uh, C four C C Stanford Stanford says two zero with a Sevas brace. Which hey, I'm all for that. I'm all for sellers having a brace and all that stuff going on. Uh, but 
just to go back to the fan questions uh, on Twitter, you know, obviously we know we try to stick with dynamo and, and dash talk here in the show more often than not, but obviously with, uh, Achi being a dynamo player here in the future already signed up. You know, we still acknowledge the fact that he is currently playing Champions League football. And they just, you know, congratulations to Atletico Madrid uh, advancing to the quarterfinals with, uh, with uh, by beating Manchester United and Old Trafford. Uh, Achi had a fantastic game as far as, you know, defensive and making sure that the ball, there was no link up between the midfields and midfield and forwards for Manchester United, uh, making it very difficult for those guys to have any kind of chemistry or any kind of a poise to score against Atletico Madrid, playing the, the true Cholo Simeone style football that, you know, we all know he loves. Um, but yeah, man, great game for him. Great game for him, you know, and a lot of people, obviously, when the news came out that he was coming to MLS and he was coming to Dynamo, just... If it, it seemed like, you know, people were just starting to doubt him. He's like, and his, and his talents just washed up on him, you know? He had no talent, and he's being washed up. But, you know, obviously his performance against one of the top teams in, in the Premier League and top teams in Europe uh, overall, uh, hopefully people start to remember a little bit, you know, just because he's coming to MLS doesn't mean he doesn't have the skill level to still compete in Europe. Sean? Yeah, I made the uh, joke that uh, you know he's uh, he's just trying to uh, get himself uh, in shape and ready for uh, coming to the Dynamo uh, for that heavy grind of MLS season. Uh, you know what? What a better way to do that than uh, you know being an absolute boss uh, in midfield for uh, your team during uh, UEFA Champions League, right? I mean, go from UEFA Champions League to MLS. Yeah, I feel like uh, he's going to be a great player here. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling really great about that signing right now. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, dude, you know, and, and, and Steve Sanford says it pretty, pretty spot on in the chat. People acting like the dude is 39 or some shit, you know, and it, it's crazy, man. Like, you know, a lot of players, you know, they have different motivations, different ambitions at different certain, at different stages of their, of their playing career. Okay. Obviously when you're young and up and coming, the, the dream for those who are not playing in Europe is to go over to Europe playing one of the big five leagues, playing European football, playing Champions League, lift the league title, things like that nature. You know, once you're more established and, 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 and a player of name, you know, obviously you want to go to a club that's going to, that has big ambitions, you know, who wants to win uh, international competitions, you know, who are going to put you on the map as far as a player that, that, that can be marketed, things like that. And then once you get a little older and you're a little over, you know, over, <clears throat> over the hump, you know, per se, you know, you want to start, you know, maybe just, you know, looking, looking forward to where you, maybe your, your, your kids are going to grow up at what environment your kids are going to be, uh, are going to be exposed to your family. Because one of the, one of the benefits about playing in America is that these global superstars are not noticed here. They can go take their kids to school without nobody bu bugging them. They can go watch a movie with the kids, you know, they can go do this. I mean, and, and and I'm not saying that for every global superstar, because obviously, you know, obviously if, if Cristiano Ronaldo ended up in a Dynamo uniform, Cristiano Ronaldo would have a paparazzi all around him, you know, and, and things like that, and players all around surrounding, you know, wherever he's at, because he's Cristiano Ronaldo, and that's going to happen wherever he goes. Uh, but, but, you know, but as far as, like, other players who are, let's say, not as well-known as Cristiano Ronaldo, you know, you, you come to America where soccer is at best the fourth sport and 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 in this country hey you can live a, a life of luxury and relax and have a good time with the family because that's all that's what it's all about but for a player at, at, a, at a at an older age so you know 
hopefully, like I said, he has a, he has a lot of ambition to come over here. He wants to create a new chapter and he want and he look the dynamo as much as we love the dynamo, the dynamo's history isn't, isn't that big. Isn't, isn't that, you know, isn't that um, marvelous to, to, to say, right. And Achi can do a lot to, to, to really sink his name into dynamo history and become a dynamo legend. You know, he, he's a great player for, for Pachuca when he came up with Pachuca, a uh, great player for Porto when he was captain for them at Porto. So he, he, he's wrote his history over there, you know, done a lot, done great things at Atletico Madrid. Not, maybe not as, not as much as you would love to, but you know, that's what it is. Um, but with the Dynamo, he has the opportunity. He's the face of the franchise, hasn't even stepped foot at PNC stadium, you know? So there's a really lot, a lot of pressure coming out to him already. So, and I think the fact that he knows that and he embraces that and he wants to be a part of that just says a lot about his character and what kind of what, what he wants to bring to the table. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you made a point earlier that uh, bears repeating because I think it's very important for this particular player. And that is you look at players around the world right now and how long their you know, their longevity <laughs> of their careers and how much longer they're playing and how late into their 30s they're playing. Look, Ache Ache is what, 31, 32? He's got four or five years left easily. Um, you know, Ronaldo playing at, what is he now, 32, 33, 34, and he's still playing at world-class level? I mean, look no, at... Ronaldo's 37. 37. Oh, there you go. Uh, look at Lewandowski. Um, you know, he's getting up there in years, and he's still scoring at a tremendous pace and, and you know, and is still coveted by many teams out there. So... Um, you know, there, there are plenty of examples where players are playing much later into their careers and playing well. Um, and, and I believe that we're going to get, you know, maybe not the best of, of, you know, Hector Herrera, but I think we'll be getting very close to his best. And, and what I, I think we're going to start seeing at some point, that prime, uh, age that we talk about for soccer players, I think we're going to start to see that, that shift a little later into the, into the careers and later ages, um, where soccer player careers now, uh, are going to continue to kind of get a little bit deeper into the thirties and, and even closer to the forties. So. Yeah, for sure, man. You know, and, and, and like I said, I mean, look, you see what kind of, we see what kind of level he's playing against players like Cristiano Ronaldo, Edison Cavani, Marcus Rashford, you know, these, these are, these are big names. These are big names in the world of football. Right. And against Manchester United, you know, and, and people are, are questioning whether or not he's, he's going to be able to come over here in MLS and, and, and have the same motivation to come play like that. And dude, if he plays like that, he even plays like a third of that, 75% of that, he's going to be one of the top 10 best players in the league, you know, and he knows that he knows he wants to come make his mark. He has his friends over here. Chicharito has come over here. He's not, he's, he's scoring goals here. Carlos Bella has become an MLS legend, LFC, LAFC legend, you know, um, um, the other guy's name has blanked me right now, but, but yeah, I mean, like, look, Mexicans, especially, especially national team, Mexican team players know that they can come over here on this side of the world where they're close to home and they can, and they can make a name for themselves. Are you on talking about Chicharito? Well, not really Chicharito, Chicharito oh. and, and Carlos Vela. Um, but yeah, man, those guys, they have the, they have a, a unique opportunity where a lot of those guys started their career off in, in, in a team in Mexico. They went off to Europe, did the thing in Europe, and now they're able to come back and do the thing in another country, their rival country, and, and, and make a big name for themselves. So it's something that, you know, it's, it's, it's ambitious for him as, 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 a, as a person, as a player. So I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. 
Uh, George said Alan Pulido. Yeah, I guess, you know, Alan Pulido did a good job for SKC that one season. You know, now he's just injured, so we'll see what's up with him. But, uh, but yeah, but Sean, um, I guess I don't know what time we have the our guest slated for at 830, 8.30, right? Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So, I mean, you know, before we get to that, man, you know, anything else you want to say before, you know, we get to anything else? This podcast has been... Br- no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> sorry, just <laughs> joking. Uh you know, I I I don't really. Um, I do want to quickly shameless plug our planned special guest for next week and a guest appearance. We already know who it is going to be. Uh, we are going to have Dynamo Insider on next week, and if you are not following Dynamo Insider on Twitter, uh, you need to do so right this second. Uh, because that dude is always dropping valuable hints and and, and uh, transfer rumors and trade rumors and uh, I mean he is on it and and I know from you know talking to him personally uh, away from Twitter that uh, that guy is busting his butt to uh, build up his reputation uh, as a trusted source um, you know for for reliable confirmations of information uh, and. Uh, you know, just keep following him. Trust me. Uh, there's going to be some stuff out there. Uh, no, he's definitely not trash. Jordan, uh, that name shall never be mentioned in this chat again, please. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, he will be on the show next week. So tune in for sure. Next week, starting at seven 30 though, he probably won't come on until eight 30. Uh, but don't miss the first hour of the show. Cause we of course we'll do as we always do. We'll recap the, the Colorado match. We'll preview the match the next week. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll talk plenty of other stuff, uh, as things happen. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm excited for that because you know, for those who know me, they know I love my rumors. They know, they know I love the, the transfer season and stuff like that. So it's going to be very interesting to have a conversation with the Dynamo Insider, you know, and see how, and just to see how he got into it, man. To be honest, because you know, a lot of people, it's, it's a tough world to try to, you know, to try to get information from clubs, especially when they're trying to keep things secret, you know, and things like that. So just to kind of see you know, how one gets into that kind of business and how one decides to do, to, to, to continue with that, because it's kind of hard to get people to talk sometimes. So, but we'll see. Um, yeah, man. So I'm excited for that. Um, but I don't have anything else, man. This is this show. I mean, honestly, you know, like I know, you know, the dynamo one, they had, you know, they had, Oh, let's, let's talk about that. Uh, the dash NWSL challenge cup, cup opener. Just to give a little shout out to the ladies. I'm sorry. I kind of fumbled that a little bit. Um, but yeah, man, uh, they start March 20th, I believe is, is the start date, right? Um, I don't, I can't remember the time off the top, off the top of my head right now. Saturday, Saturday, uh, Sunday, Sunday, that's Sunday, Sunday, yeah, Sunday. Oh, that's right. It is Sunday. And if I'm not mistaken, they're playing the Chicago red stars to open the Red stars. NWSL challenge cup opener, uh, bold prediction. Uh, Kaylee Watt gets a red card. <laughs> She's still playing. I assume she's still playing. <laughs> I, don't I don't keep up with the Chicago Red Stars. Yes, thank you, Jake. Uh, Jake is our resident Dash supporter of uh, Bayou Republic. All that stuff. So I mean, I appreciate him always keeping us up to date with the Dash and all that stuff going on with it with the ladies. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, I guess the Red Stars. Bold prediction, man. Hat trick for Rachel Daly. Oh shit! That's my girl. That's, that's that's my girl. I want her to start start off the ground just running. I'm gonna give another bold prediction. I'm gonna go two bold predictions on this one. So I already said the Kaylee Watt uh, red card. I'm gonna go with Maria Sanchez with a brace and a goal for another goal for Annika Schmidt. Man, Annika Schmidt got a lot of love today. CB goals, baby. I'm all about them. Let's go. 
There you go. There you go. So yeah, I'm very excited for the ladies to start the season as well. Um, hopefully they do. They have a good showing at this Challenge Cup, and maybe maybe even bring back the trophy uh, that they won a couple of years back. Um, you know, so hopefully we do that. You know, and I'll be excited to see for to see them. You know, perform and see how they go out. Uh, they say Paramount Plus is where you can see it. I guess CBS Sports. I'm guessing some some of the games and big CBS for some of the games as well. Uh, George says there's a party at pitch with the girls. Oh, okay, I didn't know about that, but okay. There's a, the you, there's a party at pitch. Yeah, the way you reacted to that, Mark, you were like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> Mark about to drop in, and he's gonna be carrying some kegs with him behind him. Right? Hey, yeah, I, I, I still need to get my picture of Rachel Daly. <laughs> Oh, hey, oh, yeah. look at that special guest about to pop in. Uh, this one. There we go. What's up, Andres? What's up, y'all? Dude, that, that Starfall is looking clean, bro. That's nice. Yeah, it, it only goes all the way up till there. So it's kind of small for my standards, but I had to do what I had to do. Hey, Sean, I think you got the, the wrong uh, name on there for him. You oh, know? yeah. Okay, let me fix that. Sorry, sorry. That was from last <laughs> week. My bad. You know, man, um, this, dude out here, have, this dude out here seriously calling I, me out. I'm trying to sit here, produce I'm the sorry, show, man. direct the show, guide the show, host the show, or co-host the show, also be a speaker, also be a – what else you want me to do, Mark? You hey, can't man, even hey. handle your Twitter on your own. <laughs> I brought that. Well, don't worry. I brought this guy along to help him out because, you know, in case for those who don't know, you know, who Andres is or what he does, you know, Dynamo Foxtrot, you know, follow him at Dynamo Foxtrot on Twitter. Uh, plug make, make your plugs, Andres. Make your plugs. Oh, yeah. I'm mostly active on Twitter uh, at uh, Dynamic Foxtrot. I also have an Instagram account where I sometimes post pictures. Also, the same handle at Dynamic Foxtrot. And uh, yeah, I, I mostly just work on the on the Null Time podcast if you've heard of it. Um, it's. Um, it's a podcast I did with Tony Rubio uh, in our spare time. Just to talk about Dynamo and Dash and all that good stuff that we all love. And, and yeah, it's been been pretty good so far. Yeah, I got so, you, Andres. It's up there now for you, buddy. So for so for the who don't, who, those who don't know, Andres currently stays in Austin. He's staying in enemy territory. And Tony's, and Tony's in Dallas, right? So a Dallas yeah. and Austin guy talking about the Dynamo. Yeah, <laughs> there you go, man. But uh, let me just get let me just ask you this question right before I right have to right off to start uh, on this. Uh, the Dynamo obviously winning this past week against uh, Vancouver. What are your thoughts about the game and the performances? Yeah, it was a lineup that should have that should have um, that should have been the first starting lineup for the first couple of games. Uh, and uh, just and just looking at like how how pretty much they they played and just comparing those to the first two games. It's pretty hard for me to to even see us succeeding with the the midfield pairing between Memo and Sedan. Since it's not like um since they're pretty much not midfielders that can create your plays or just go forward with the ball. save us or someone else is in the middle to finish that and that didn't happen and and yeah like just heading into this game I, I was more optimistic only because of starting lineup mm-hmm. and lo and behold Quintero starts uh, Quintero scores um, even though it's been a thing that I've been calling for like for almost a year now 
Um, like every time he comes in, he, he either gets an assist or scores in his own way. And even though he, he has seen minutes um, in the first two games, he did not start. And it wasn't enough time for him to um, make an impact. And he starts and he makes an impact. Uh, scores or braces his first game as a starter in the season. And I, uh, I was more impressed by Gintero, but also um, uh, as for Coco, I was also, um, I'm also pretty optimistic about him since like right now, I feel like he has an understanding of how to uh, be more involved in the midfield um, and to also like pair with Quintero, uh, which I feel like he has been doing a pretty good job. Uh, even though in the first game, I felt like he, when he came in, um, you, you probably, you probably remember, but pretty much when he was trying to like make those long passes, he was skying the balls away from the stadium. And I felt like for, for the most part in the first game, he was a little bit disconnected, but then afterwards um, when he started the third game, uh, he we definitely see what he could do this season. And yeah, um, uh, midfield for the most part, it's um, the, the biggest area of concern for me uh, right now, only because uh, defense I feel like early in the season they have a, a good idea as to how to uh, start the season, and and one of the things, obviously, like a lot of people have been asking, it's um, how if Steris should be starting over Teenage Adebe. and for me, for me, Steris, I've been more impressed uh, since like he in the in the preseason, like he was pretty uh, pretty concerning, like the way he, he played, and even though he led a ton of goals. Um, but moving into the season, I, I felt like he improved upon that. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, obviously I think one of the big differences that we saw on the pitch was just how free flowing and, and how, how laid back the guys were playing offensively, you know, uh, you can see Quintero just having a lot of fun out there playing with like, no, I felt like he was playing with no pressure. And when you play like, and when you're able to play like that and no pressure, you're able to do so many great things. And obviously we saw, the great things that he did with his two goals and the brace and everything. And just the, the, the terror that, the, what the, the pain in the butt that he was given Vancouver. Um, you mentioned the, the teenage Hadavi and, and stairs question, which was something we brought up earlier in the, in the, in the chat. Um, so you're on, so you think stairs continues to start over teenage at this point still? For now, I think so. Uh, although I felt like um, because of the, of the third game, uh, the, um, teenage could have potentially had a break over Steris because of the, of the goal. But at the same time, if Steris keeps it up and depending on what uh, Paulo thinks of Steris and how he's performing, uh, I feel like he can he can he can still be a starter for the Colorado game. For sure, for sure. What about Seca? Seca, um, I haven't seen a lot of him yet. Uh, although we've only seen a few minutes uh, in in the in these last couple of games. Although I feel like. Um, even Dorsey is kind of in the same situation that Steris is, even though he, um, in the sense of preseason, we saw him uh, as a right back and he didn't perform very well. And also, as well as the first um, couple of games into the season. And But in the, in the third game, I feel like he did, he, did, he did a much better job, although I feel like Seca by now, he should be more acclimated to um, the to trainings, he should be acclimated to the team by now. So I, it, as long as he has an understanding of the team and how to perform on and off the field, especially in, in like a new level in, in Major League Soccer, then I feel like he has a better chance of starting uh, compared to a teenage uh, over stairs. Okay, Sean, anything you want to ask on this? 
Where's Marcelo Palomino? Uh, Dynamo too, of course. <laughs> he's getting all the. He's gonna get all the minutes there, and and yeah, I, but that's a, that's also a, a good question, and only because we, um, if you take out Quintero and and Coco out of the equation, then we don't have any playmakers, and and that's obviously an, uh, an area of concern, and and also an area that I was hoping the team would address uh, heading to the season, uh, because we uh, we have our uh, our defensive midfielders, but we only have two that can just make the plays, you know. And if we ever get into that situation that it comes down to uh, it, one of them gets injured, there's definitely that the possibility of getting called up to the first team uh, through hardship, like the, the hardship regulations. That, that's what they call it, I think. But, but yeah, it's um it's a pretty good argument. But at the same time, uh, Adanamo 2 is a place where he's going to get all the minutes. You know, but to have Memo as your only reinforcement off the bench as far as an offensive midfielder, it's, 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 it might be it's a little concerning because, you know, like you said, I mean, unless an injury happens, you know, that's where Marcelo gets, might get an opportunity. But do you think that Memo is that much better than Palomino at this moment where, you know, Palomino can't get some minutes over Memo? Not really. Uh, I feel like um, Palomino... Uh, Coming in from last year, he had like a pretty good um, season with um, Charlotte Independence, um, and and yeah, like Memo. Obviously, they're different players in the sense that even though they're both midfielders, I've, Memo is more defensive minded compared to Palomino. And and just going back to what I said, um, you you take out Quintero and Coco out of the equation, that you you don't have anyone to make a place in the midfield. And even though like uh, Memo came in, in in the second half last game, and I felt like he did a uh, pretty decent job. I still think that he should be coming off the bench uh, to support the team because I feel like that's a be better role for him instead mm -hmm. of being a slaughter. Uh, and in the case of um, Quintero Coco getting, being missing, I just hope I feel like that's going to be our best um, the best approach uh, into the season since uh, we, we, we're not going to sign a midfielder uh, this season um, as, as far as we know, but we just have to see how it goes. I think we're pretty much linked up on everything I think as far as like the players and who we want to see on the pitch. Um, one of the players that obviously that, that that's, that's been starting right now that I'm having a little bit of concern with is Corey Baird. What are your thoughts on him and how much more opportunity think he has? And then especially with the signing of a Brazilian player at, at the, 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 the Wingho, um, how much, um, how much opportunity do you think he gets? And when do we see Pasher if we see him? And then when does the Brazilian kid get the opportunity? Uh, Baird, he, he hasn't, for me, Baird hasn't been like much of a highlight so far into the season. Uh, obviously, there's a lot more games ahead of us, but at the same time, early on, I don't feel like he has as, like, contributed as much as he should because he's a starter, you know? And and obviously, uh, Tanguinho coming in and also Pasher essentially competing for that spot because Papa is, is going to be the starter on, on the right. Um, Obviously, it's something for Bear to, to take notice, only because there's there's definitely going to be a case for uh, Tenguinho to start at some point, and as well as Pasha potentially starting this upcoming game against Colorado. And and yeah, like uh, for me, uh, Baird, uh, he has to find a way to make himself, uh, I like to say, to or to an extent provide to uh, the forward line, like even though. Um, there's that that issue that have that have noticed in in the games that Sebas, 
like uh, especially for the third game, Asebas, you get, you definitely saw the flashes of, of his his talent. You, you see, you try, I saw him inside the box. He's making the plays. It was unfortunate that he get he could have gotten a goal, but unfortunately he didn't. Uh, but just looking um, into the first two games, um, you could like there's a case of of myself getting worried in the sense that Sebas wasn't really getting serviced, and I feel like Baird could be could essentially help Sebas in in that role. So it, I, I I feel like it's it's eventually gonna come down to how he's able to service um, Sebas as well as the forward line, and how how he moves the ball forward in the flank. For sure, for sure. So do you, do you think Patrick gets an opportunity Saturday? Yeah, for sure. As a starter or, or off the bench as far as, like, you know, first first off? A starter for sure. Um, I, okay. I can see that happening. Cool, cool. I'll, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there with you. I mean, obviously, you know, we had we got a little taste of what Tyler Patrick could do for the Dynamo last season before he had all his lower body injuries and all that stuff going on with him. Uh, he, I mean, he obviously did enough to where he got called up by the Canadian national team for the gold cup. And, you know, right now to be part of the Canadian national team is a big feat in itself. So, I mean, if you have a player with that kind of talent or capable of that kind of talent sitting on the bench, you want to utilize that player. And I hope Tyler Patrick gets his opportunity, you know, to show, you know, what he can do, especially because, you know, I know last season me and Sean would go back and forth about, you know, why Tyler Pressure doing so well. And at that time, Fafa doing so bad, you know, and there was a lot of, pressure on Fafa to be that, I guess, that go-to player, and that opened it up for, for Pasher. So hopefully we get something similar like that as well, especially now that we have a, a DP number nine in Sebas. Um, so, I mean, any anything else you want to add about the last match before we go on to the next match? Well, for the most part, um, I, I said it before, but I, I just wanted to highlight it again. Like, uh, so far into the season, obviously it's still early, but I've been pretty much happy with how defense has been performing obviously you have that outlier of what's going to happen with the, the right back position uh, if Dorsey's still going to start or Sega's going to take over eventually mm-hmm. but um for the most part uh, uh status and Parker have been doing a pretty good job outside of the first um couple of, the only two goals that they've conceded so far and and yeah like obviously the first goal being kind of a, a unlucky um of like Fafa uh, being involved in that play by, by accident, and also the second one, I feel like um, it was a silly goal to concede, which can be improved upon. And and yeah, I just wanted to highlight defense because if if, if Stardust doesn't work out and, and Teenage eventually takes over his spot, I feel like it can it can it can lead to something special in, in that position. But at the same time, uh, we just have to wait and see. Like it's too early for me, but at the same time, I'm optimistic. For sure, for sure. So going looking forward to this Colorado Rapids match, man. Uh, um, obviously, Colorado Rapids, you know, had a very great, very, really good season last year. You know, they 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 made the CCL this past this. They were in the CCL this uh, beginning February. They unfortunately lost in penalties, where that game where nobody could make a penalty. Um, but um, just your thoughts on on Colorado, them coming in, and what what your prediction is for that game, and do you think the Dynamo can win this game? Oh yeah, I had a uh, Colorado winning MLS Cup last year, but unfortunately they they, they choked on me. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, you saw them last year. Uh, you saw them how they pretty much neutralized us last year. And since we, as, obviously since last year, we we weren't pretty much playing for uh, like any, anything really, and they, they pretty much just capitalized on that. But this year, obviously, is different. Uh, this year, 
Um, I feel like we can put like a pretty good game against them, uh, even though I, I think I, I can't remember from the top of my head, but I, I believe they're missing a couple of key pieces and I think it, the Dynamo could potentially take advantage of. But at the same time, I haven't really seen a lot of Colorado Rapids early into the season to uh, put some put my judgment into the game. But at the same time, um, as long as the Dynamo stick to their guns, as long as they pretty much pull off what they did against Vancouver, I feel like they have a shot at winning. Do you think Sebas finally scores his first Dynamo goal? Yes. Nice, nice. So what, what's your prediction on the game? It's going to be, I, I think it's going to be a 3-1 Dynamo. Nice, nice, nice. Um, bold prediction by any chance? Anything bold? A pretty yeah. bold prediction. Um, Sarek gets a red card for some reason. I don't know. Oh, no. Probably. That's pretty bold. <laughs> I know he's not the guy to get red cards, but, but yeah, that's, that's a bold one. Bold prediction I like to put out. There you go. Sean, anything you want to add to it? Uh, not to that topic in particular. I'd like to go back to the Marcelo Palomino thing, actually, for just a second. Go ahead, man. The floor is yours. <laughs> the floor is mine. Wow. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, when it comes to Marcelo, I just wanted to add this. I, I, I have to wonder if a little bit of it is um, playing to the way that, that you know, that uh, – you want to when he's out there, especially like in preseason when he had chances to to show. Uh, I wonder if maybe he he was you know trying to to play to impress coach um, and establish why he feels he you know deserves to be in that spot uh, as a starter or even as a sub. Uh, and I have to wonder if maybe you know trying there there comes a point where as a player you have to you have to just play. Uh, and take away that whole I've got to impress this guy or I've got to impress this coach or I have to, you know, and trying to play outside of your strengths and trying to do more than you, you know, more than you need to do. I just wonder if maybe there's a little bit involved in that and maybe, um, you know, because at this point we've been talking about Marcelo now for three seasons and, uh, you know, every season he's ended up loaned out somewhere else, you know, this year obviously to Dynados, but um, it, it just feels like that's a player who, continues to perform elsewhere but can't seem to find the minutes here to find a spot to play in and you know for my money I, I almost would rather and I think to Mark's point earlier I would rather see Marcelo on the pitch in a sub role at least for for part of the season over memo constantly um, because I just think that's a you know and you said it Andres as well that's another player that provides creativity um, that could be sitting on that bench by the end of the season. So I just wanted to add that into the Marcelo conversation because I think we tend to forget about that little piece of it when it comes to, you know, coaches are the ones who ultimately make the decision, technical staff make the decision as far as, you know, which players are going to be, you know, available on the senior team roster. Um, and it just seems like to me that, that you know, he, he showed that he was a decent player in preseason when he had the opportunities. But I do feel like he was trying to do too much if you, you know, kind of go back and think through, um, you know, he just was trying to do too much and to be too much in those situations instead of just playing maybe the way that Paolo wants him to play. See, but I think that's where I go back and, and question sometimes because, like, you know, obviously we see how this match played out with having a, with having an actual Tin and Darin Quintero playing and, and able to distribute and able able to create and, and facilitate, facilitate on the pitch, right? So – if you know you have that, and but you know, obviously, given his age and whatever, and you want to keep him healthy for a long period of stretch for the whole season, obviously, when you take him off, you you would want to bring in somebody of 
like skill set, you know, and Memo doesn't have that. He's not that he's not, he's not, he's not a true 10. You know, we, we've seen that in the first two games, obviously. And we've seen that throughout his career. You know, he's, he's, he's an eight, uh, a, a natural eight, a box to box, you know, who's willing to shoot from outside the box and things like that as well. And he's had a lot of opportunities because, you know, you had players around him like Albert Elise, Kyoto, Otto Manotas, you know, who, who a lot of teams focus on them and allowed a player like him to be open. Um, so that's why, that's where I come in and think, well, why isn't Palomino getting the backup minutes then? Why, why, why wouldn't he be on the bench at least to, to be able to have, uh, that opportunity? Because let's, let's say, for example, the game, the set of game was not two, one and the game was one, one and, you, and you're at home, you're trying to, at home, you should be always should be trying to get three points. You shouldn't be going for ties. You should be going for three points. You don't, you literally have nobody on the bench who can produce, offensively or create or be as creative the same in the same sense like Darwin Cantero was, but, but you can't run Darwin Cantero onto the ground. You can't run him for 90 minutes because he's not, he's not fit like that yet. So you don't even give the kid an opportunity by being on the match day 18. Your thoughts on that, Andres? Oh yeah. I think Palomino definitely deserves a shot at, at least being a backup at this point, uh, even though, uh, we all know that he's going to get all the minutes in that number two. At the same time, we don't really have anyone else to create the place uh, in midfield. So it's definitely a great idea to just start putting him in uh, on the field in the second half uh, just to pretty much get acclimated into the league at this point because um, he, he's already proven himself to, to, to stay composed and create in a, in a professional level like, it's, like he did last year. And so... So yeah, it's pretty it's pretty concerning that he um concerning to an extent that he he pretty much has to stay uh in this in the second feeder team or essentially staying loan out of the first team while we we still have these issues and concerns in regards to who's gonna create the place in midfield and what's gonna happen if Coco or Quintero are, are missed. Yeah, and I and I think that's my that's my thought as a as a fan from looking at the outside and obviously, you know. The coach knows better. The, the staff knows what they're doing. And, you know, we want to give them all the benefit of the doubt that they're going to try to do the best they can to go for the win, you know, you know, because we know in MLS here, racking up points, especially early in the season, helps you um, gain that momentum and then and it helps you alongside the battle, obviously, of trying to make a playoff uh, playoff push here. That is something that the Dynamo have been trying to do for the last five years at least. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, honestly, I, I need more creative players on, on, on the bench. You know, honestly, if you look at the, at the, if you look at the bench, the only creative player we have is Pasher, but Pasher's a winger, you know, um, there, there's really nobody else on there. So that's, that's, that's the only thing that worries me because, you know, if you know, if, if you just, if you just have him on the bench and he doesn't play, then dude, then you go send him to Dino Dose and he goes plays and, and gets his fitness in and whatever. I mean, that's the whole reason of the, the MLS next, uh, uh, a team or the, or the U23 squad that we have, you know, it's for those players who are not necessarily getting on the pitch to still be able to go get match get match minutes and, and get fitness in. So that's what we're hoping that happens, but yeah, well, we'll see, man. We'll see what happens. Regardless. Yeah. I think there's one important thing here too. And that is, 
Marcelo can only do what he can do, right? He can only perform given the opportunities he's given. So he's given an opportunity with Charlotte last year. He went and performed. He played very well. He had some spectacular goals. He had some good timely goals. He had some good plays, plenty of assists. Well, not plenty of assists, but good assists. So now he's got a chance with Dynados. He's doing the same thing. Obviously, we saw it just last week or on a Saturday, Sunday. He scored the goal. Um, so I look at it and I say, okay, maybe this is his opportunity to prove to Paolo that, hey, I'm, you know, I'm good enough. Now you need to call me up to Anders's point. You know, now you need to call me up. And maybe that happens around the midpoint of the season. You know, maybe when Hector comes in, maybe there's a trade to be made where Palomino can come in and be on the bench. And maybe we, we you know, are able to get rid of a different uh, central midfielder. Uh, in exchange kind of thing uh, to open up that spot. I mean, there's lots of options there, obviously, but uh, I do think it's important that we remember that, hey, this is Palomino's chance to prove to Paolo that he wants to be in that position, he wants to be that starter, and he wants to be that guy that uh, Paolo can trust in that position to make those plays and do the things that Paolo needs him to do. And and I feel like, to some extent, Dynados is that opportunity. It's like his, uh, It's almost like his trial, if you will. Um, which is a much better trial, in my opinion, than what he got with Charlotte. That's for sure. For sure, for sure. So, we, I mean, at least we know he's better than USL level. But um, with that being said, Andres, you know, there's another, there was another question that was asked on Twitter, and I, 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 we didn't get to this question where we were asking the fan questions because I kind of wanted to save it when we, when we had our guest on. But, um, you know, obviously we saw how great the, 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 the formation that, and the players that played this past Saturday had going so let's say that this 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 safe formation stays and the, the players are playing well all the way up until you know when Hector comes in. Uh, where does Hector fit in? You know, if if, if the Dynamo is doing really well, they're win- they're winning games and things of that nature. Where does Hector fit in? Uh, Hector Herrera or cool. yeah, Herrera. Where 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 do you put oh. him in? I mean, I mean, if if Quintero is scoring goals and Coco's providing the assist and facilitating facilitating the ball, and you know Vera's doing a great job as a six, you know, what where, where does where does Herrera go? Well, that's a pretty good question. Uh, obviously, it's pretty uh, theoretical because you have to uh, assume that everything goes right and that Herrera is pretty much ready to play as soon as possible and also depends on the situation um well in our, our situation uh by the time we're in july if uh, we have all, all the players healthy and if the, the formation stays the same as well as the lineups and and yeah if uh, assuming that a team is successful uh, i feel like it's um it's pretty hard for us to say no to to herrera only because he's herrera and we've pretty much had no uh, the the closest player that we had at a peak, I, I don't think it comes even close. Um, you can say, for an extent, you can say Beasley, uh, even though he 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 reached an age. But like just just in compare those kinds of players, like we we we're pretty much receiving a player that still starts in Champions League and he, he puts out performances uh, every week and. In, in the um, situation that, that it comes down to to make, to make tough, tough decisions to, to, to swap someone, someone in, in uh, to swap someone, someone out, out for, for Hector Herrera, uh, it, it will be pretty, it will be pretty difficult, but at the same time, time on the since Hector is going to be a, a really, really useful piece, of, um, especially um, going, going to, to this past couple of years. Yeah, man. Yeah, so basically, hold on, wait. Basically, he didn't even answer the question. He just beat around it. Yeah, Never once did. actually said who who he's going to replace, which is fine. I get it. 
But the question was, who does Hector Herrera replace? So the question, Andres, is who does Hector Herrera replace? So I, so feel, I like, feel like if if, if he, he swaps, swaps to, to uh, instead, uh, instead of two offensive-minded midfielders, he's going to go with one being, being being and then he will swap out Coco. So that way we can play with Vera and Hector. But then, but then, next, but then, but then, next comes the point where well, well, then, then why would Coco want to extend with Dynamo or stay with Dynamo if he's not going to be even given starter minutes? minutes. Because I mean, we've seen what Coco's able to do. We see what kind of player Coco is. He's a he's a he's a he's a great great he's a great pandemic player. Hopefully, he gets the opportunity to to qualify for the World Cup, you know, and things of that nature. I don't know. I would have a hard time with that one. I mean, especially if Coco's playing a lot better than what he played this past Saturday, you know, even though it is Hector Herrera, you know, I don't know if Coco, we just take out Coco like that. I mean, obviously if Coco, obviously if Coco doesn't, if we, the Dynamo don't extend Coco, then obviously that makes it a simple, okay, then you put Herrera for Coco's spot. But I mean, if, but if, but if the Dynamo are really truly trying to make the quality of the team better, I don't, I don't understand how you make it better by, by not bringing back Coco, you know, um, Sean, do you have an answer to this question that you want to maybe try take a crack at it before before I, I give you my answer? Sure. Uh, you know, for me, I, I think Andres actually hits on hits the nail on the head, but I, I think there's a caveat to that, right? So it's Hector Herrera, it's Vera in the back in, uh, in a 4-2-3-1 kind of formation almost uh, instead of a 4-3-3 kind of natural formation with Quintero pitch, uh, pushed up higher or, you know, even, even to some extent Coco pushed up higher as a true kind of more of attacking mid. There's a caveat to that, though. I think that's what we see on road matches. I think in home matches, though, I think we still see two kind of higher up attacking mids. And I think that probably does end up actually more likely being, uh, you know, Vera, or not Vera, uh, Coco and, and Quintero. And then, you know, Hector Herrera kind of being that floater in midfield to just help kill off, you know, opportunities on the counterattack. So it's definitely a an interesting question, which is why I wanted you, Andres, to actually answer it instead of just diplomatically beating around the bush and trying to yeah, avoid no. it. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's a tough one to answer. I, I agree with you, but I do think there is going to be a difference we'll see in terms of the approach on the road versus at home. And uh, X Primos on the chat says, you know, but to me, rotations are more important, more than welcome. Yeah, obviously, yeah, rotations are always, you always want to rotate your players. But the pride of a player, especially, you know, somebody that thinks that they're coming in to start and be the face of the franchise and, or to be in Coco spot where if I decide to, Hey, extend my stay with the dynamo or, you know, whatever, or the dynamo decide to pick up my, my purchase option, you know, then I'm coming in. I'm like, yo, this I'm, I'm, I'm about to get into, into the prime of my career. You know, you see what I can do, you know, and you're going to pick this guy over me when I'm, when I'm the, when I'm, when up to this point, I've helped the team get to this point, to this level, if they're, if the team is doing well, obviously. Right. So, you know, it's, 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 it's a player pride sometimes. And that's why you, as a coach, you have to understand how to deal with egos and personalities and characters and all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, to go a little bit on the lines what Sean was saying, you know, I would just have to change the formation, you know, that's, 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 that's where you differentiate the, 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 the really good coaches and the subpar head coaches, right. A uh, coach who's only wanting to stick to one formation and not really change things up is somebody who can be easily, easily be, uh, be, uh, be challenged, especially when they're, when they're going up against a, an experienced coach that knows how to, how to, you know, defeat that, 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 that tactical, uh, whatever tactics they're trying to do. 
So, you know, from my standpoint, I would, I would go get away from that four, three, three and go for a four, two, three, one, like Sean was saying, you know, with uh, Vera and, and Herrera playing the more defensive backs, the more defensive mids. And then you have the three uh, attacking mids, which would be Fafa and Coco on the wings. And then Darwin as a 10 and then Seb us up top at, at nine. And, you know, and if we're going to really change some things up to make it a little bit more offensive or more happy flowing at home, then, you know, then a four, four, one, one, you know, with, with, you know, with the four midfielders and then, uh, and then, uh, I'm sorry, not the four, four, one, one. Um, uh, I just had it in my head right now, a three, five, a three, five, one, one, whatever, um, with three in the back, you know, why not play? Why not play three in the back at home? You know, especially if if you if if your center backs are doing really well, uh, Parker is finally solidifying himself as that as that captain, that leader. You know that 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 we all thought he would. Uh, Lundy always obviously being Lundy, and then you know obviously Seca being Seca, and then teenage. You know, obviously our DP defender. I mean, you spend this money on these on these on this back four, back three. You know, why couldn't they should be able to defend? You know, and, and be able to change formation. So. Um, we'll see. I mean, like I said, I mean, I know coaches are sometimes stubborn and they want to keep with the same formation that they always want to go and they want to be attack minded or, or, you know, whatever. Cause you know, I know back in the days when I was growing up, the four, four, two was, you know, kind of everybody's style, but, and then all of a sudden now, obviously because the game is more open, more free flowing it's the four, three, three. But I mean, for, for those who are able to find out different, different, uh, different tactic, different tactical advantages, in different formations, you can really open up the midfielder, the midfield, and really and really be able to attack if you have the right players in, in place. And I think uh, four, two, three, one would be excellent for the Dynamo, especially if the team is doing really well. Uh, I think uh, Andres, it's probably about time for you to share your socials and your show again. Uh, and probably time to wrap it up all nice and neat there, uh, sure. Mark. Oh yeah, of course. And uh, first of all, thank you guys so much for having me. Um, it's been um, it's been a rough couple of weeks for uh, for Tony and I to record since uh, obviously outside life stuff going on. And and yeah, um, like I mentioned before, I'm mostly active on Twitter uh, at Dynamic Foxtrot. Also have a, a Instagram account, same handle at uh, Dynamic Foxtrot. And I produce a podcast called Noodle Time, which we always talk about uh, all kinds of dynamo shenanigans, and it, we, <laughs> we love it. Oh, man, you know, obviously, Andres, you, we appreciate you, to, you know, giving us time to come on here, you know. And I know not just myself and Sean, but I know everybody on the chat always loves to see the, the 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 Fox gifts that you put on there on Twitter and stuff like that, especially the ones that say Dynamo win or Dash win on there, because you know those I know come very few and and far apart from each other. So yeah. you know uh, we appreciate all the content that you put on there because it's really good content for those guys. Like you said, you know check out Noodle Time when when those guys get on there. Uh, I'm still waiting on my follow back. Uh, by the way, Andres on, on Twitter, right. you know so you know you know. All that, but uh, guys, you know, like I said, you know, uh, every Wednesday from seven thirty to nine, you know, we try to get here weekly. Um, we're gonna have international break come up coming up here pretty soon, so I'm not sure about next Wednesday's sh- uh, show. Uh, but if we are here, we will be here seven thirty to nine. But if we're not, it's because we're having an international break, just like the just like the Dynamo will be having. Uh, but with that being said, guys, you know, until Hector Herrera gets up here, two H's like always. So thank you, always.
Thanks for listening to the show and if you made it this far you are awesome just a quick reminder that we run live on twitch on wednesdays from 7 30 to 9 p.m central you can follow our twitch channel at twitch.tv slash generation orange also if you go ahead and follow our twitter we tweet out when we're going live and we also try to engage with those who tweet at us throughout the week our twitter handle is at gen orange radio Thanks again for listening to the show. We'll be back next week for another episode of Generation Orange. Until then, hold it down, H-Town.